The 49ers get their first win of the season at home against the Seattle Seahawks 27-7 in a dominant performance. But the bigger story in this one is quarterback Trey Lance going down with an ankle injury. His season is over. He is out for the 2022 season. And insert an all too familiar face at quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo has one final season with the Niners. Just when we thought it was over. Just when he thought it was over. Garoppolo's got one more run with the Niners this season in Trey's absence. We will talk about that situation. We'll talk about the Niners' dominant performance against the Seahawks. I will also look ahead to Week 3 Sunday Night Football as the Niners head to the Mile High City to take on Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. We'll talk about all that and much more, so keep a lot. Got a lot of Niners football to talk about, and don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. Welcome back to the 49er Way Podcast, faithful Jay Sohoda, Zach Chevy, and well, 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 this is going to be some episode for y'all, and I'm sure every single 49ers podcast, show, article, whatever you want to call it, has been some sort of, it has been eventful this week, very eventful, based off of the events that happened on Sunday at Levi Stadium that had nothing to do with the actual game but had to do with the one position that has been at the main, you know, that's been the main focus all offseason. That's the quarterback position between Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. And literally two games into the season, Jimmy Garoppolo is now the starting quarterback of the 49ers once again for the rest of the 2022 season after Trey Lance broke his ankle at the beginning. We're going to dive into all of that and, of course, get into the actual game. Niners finally getting the better of the Seattle Seahawks for once in the last damn decade. Jesus, we'll get into that too. 27-7, to the Niners get the first win of the season and 1-0 in the division. And we will also look ahead to the Sunday night matchup this week against Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. So Chevy, what's going on, my guy? How did you feel about this game? And of course, we're going to dive right into that quarterback situation as well, but definitely a much improved game for the Niners from week one. Yeah, you know, it is very unfortunate to see the Trey Lance injury. Everyone by now knows about the Trey Lance injury and knows uh, the ankle injury. On That's such a brutal loss for the Niners, and he's out for the regular season and the postseason, so the Niners will not have Trey Lance for the rest of the season. I mean, the biggest thing I can say is thank goodness we did not trade uh, – Jimmy G because if we traded Jimmy G right now Brock Purdy would be in there instead of a established quarterback in Jimmy G and we would uh you know we would be saying all right the season may be over and we don't have our first round pick so keeping Jimmy G was probably the best thing we can do he's on a restructured deal anyways so we could have kept him even as the backup the entire season but he is going to be starting for the 49ers the rest of the way it looks like uh, and yeah, man, it, terrible situation. I really just hope Trey comes back stronger and better than ever. And honestly, like from a 49ers standpoint, looking at it this season, it could be the better uh, scenario, the better situation. Trey Lance definitely had his moments, but it also looks shaky here and there. So again, it was one game, so you can't really tell. But uh, Jimmy G is probably the better 
uh, quarterback for a win now situation. And considering this is the last year we don't have our first round pick, it's not necessarily the worst case having Jimmy G in there. Oh, no, no doubt. I mean, there's so many different ways to look at it. I have never in my life been a part of a situation where I was so happy to see a backup quarterback. It was so strange in every way, shape, or form. And let's not get it twisted. What happened to Trey is brutal. Um, and we'll again, we're going to continue to dive into this situation here because Trey's injury, one, it absolutely sucks. It's a massive blow to him this season because he desperately needed the reps to further his development to make sure that next year we are ready for a Super Bowl run. I know everyone thought that we were going to be there this year with Trey, but like, come on, let's let's set some realistic expectations here. That's a whole lot to put on a 22-year-old quarterback, and we couldn't even beat the Chicago Bears week one. Don't get me wrong. I feel like if Trey had played this season, played the entire season, I still think we would have been competitive. I still think we would have been a playoff team. But Super Bowl, come on, that's too much to put on a 22-year-old quarterback with hardly any experience. The thing that annoy that is annoying about the situation is that, yeah, Trey just lost a whole a whole year of reps now. That's brutal considering that first drive, the first two drives in that in this Seahawks game before he got hurt, Trey looked good, much better. The offense as a whole looked really good. Shanahan was go, you know, calling the shot like. Everything was good. The run game was going well. Debo was making plays. Trey was making throws. Everything was going great until that injury happened. But then Jimmy came in and nothing changed. Things continued to be good. And that you don't see often when you have when a backup quarterback comes into a game. But for yeah, Trey Lance going for it. Uh, sorry, Chevy, go ahead. No, no, I agree. You know, it, it really looked like uh, things didn't have a pause when Jimmy G went in there. 100%. And that's exactly what you want to see. And that's probably the benefit of having your backup quarterback be the starting, the guy who started the last three or four seasons. He knows the system well. The guys know him well. They know where Jimmy likes to throw the ball. They know the position they like to be in. And they can kind of revert back to the offense they had last season. So it was kind of a best-case scenario with Jimmy G as the backup which is what we said when they restructured that contract. You know, it still is a massive loss, and this will be another year where Trey gets very little experience. And, you know, ever since uh, the COVID years, I believe 2019 was the last year Trey Lance actually started consecutive games or finished consecutive games. So it's definitely a big loss and something that can uh, definitely affect Lance's uh, upside and development in the future. No, no question. And that's exactly what I was getting at is that the future is where it hurts because we're going to go into 2023 and we still don't know anything about Trey Lance as much as we knew about him going into this season. We thought this season was, was where we were going to get our answers for next year. Now we're going to go into 2023 with the exact same offseason that we had this year of what is Trey Lance going to be? And on top of that, you're now going to have to deal with How's he going to play? Because now he's coming off a significant ankle injury. And there's so many if, ands, or buts for a guy who, again, has hardly any experience. And you you just don't know what you're getting. Trey has started three and a half games, and I don't know what I'm getting. Like, I literally don't know what I'm getting. We had the Arizona game last year, which was, like, very hard to judge properly because Shanahan ran him down their throat and ended up getting hurt. Dude ran, like, what was that, 18 to 20 times. That was... It was weird. It wasn't like he was an actual 
quarterback in that game. It was just weird. Then you got the Texans game, and you got both good and bad, but we got the win. Our team was good enough to overcome, beat a bad Texans team, and win that game. Trey had a bad first half and had a much better second half, but still, you know, didn't give you a lot, you know, where you're, where you're turning heads. Then you had the Bears game this year, week one, and it was same thing. Trey made some really good plays, converted on some third downs, made some great throws. But then he would, you know, make a pick or he'd get sacked and he would throw it away or he'd miss an open guy. Trey still does a lot of good things and then some poor things. And of course, when you're looking at a rookie quarterback, that's going to happen. He's a young dude. That's going to happen. But I think this is not a knock on Trey. This is just looking at the state of this football team right now that is ready to win a Super Bowl. It's not. I think everything that this team has said about Trey Lance is right. I think they all believe in him. I think they all know what he can do. I think they all really do think that he will turn into that next great quarterback. However, I think this team's not stupid, and they know that right now this season in 2022, with Jimmy Garoppolo sitting on that sideline, we... We don't want to be held back by a young quarterback right now, if that makes sense. Now that Jimmy's in there, you saw it. Everybody saw it. If you didn't realize it, then you then you know you're missing something because if you know how to read a room you saw on Sunday, the minute Jimmy Garoppolo came into this ball game, the Niners look like a different team. Don't get me wrong, the offense still was moving the ball the same, but the energy and the body language was like 50 times better. And that's when I was like, this team still has a lot of confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo. And I don't think it's anything against Trey Lance. It's the fact that this team wants to win a Super Bowl right now because they know they can do it because they were inches close last year that they can do it again this year. Now they got Jimmy back there. This season now, Chevy, has turned in from Trey Lance's developmental season into Super Bowl or bust. And honestly, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Again, as I was mentioning, uh, the draft picks, you don't you don't have your first round pick this year. If this is a development year for Trey Lance and you somehow end up being a bottom 10 team because he can't get there, you don't have that pick to add that impact player. Exactly. Jimmy G gives you that best opportunity to win. So having G- Jimmy G in there isn't necessarily a bad thing. It really does suck because losing Trey Lance like this, like, honestly, if Jimmy G got in there because Trey Lance wasn't performing and we benched him, that would be better than an injury. An injury is probably worst case scenario because it could stunt his development for the future, which you definitely don't want. But however, giving him next year as the year uh, to develop where you have your picks and you know that if you have a poor year, it's not the end of the world because you will get an impact player could potentially benefit us. But, you know, I I think we know Trey Lance is going to be back next year. We know Jimmy G is the quarterback for this year. And I think right now all we can do is focus on this year and how Jimmy G can lead this team to the playoffs. And every every time Jimmy G has been in the playoffs, he's won. And he's uh, given us a chance to win. And uh, that includes the NFC Championship last year and the Super Bowl in 2019. So, with Jimmy G at the helm, we have a chance to go all the way with the roster we have. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's for this season in particular, Garoppolo gives this team a chance to win and they know it. 
and for Trey Lance, that's exactly what I'm saying is for next year, you just you don't know what he's going to come back as. Now, if again, if Trey Lance struggled, you know, and Jimmy came in, that still would have caused a lot of drama. There was already drama. This offseason was already full of drama. Last season was already full of drama. It is what it is. But like, I'm just going to chop it up to the fact that this whole quarterback situation has been just messed up in like so many different ways. But I think there's no way else around it other than the fact that signing, re-signing Jimmy Garoppolo was the most clutch thing that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have done. And if all things go to plan and the Niners are hoisting a Lombardi on February 12th, it will go down as arguably one of the best decisions this team has made as an organization. Yeah, exactly. And uh, honestly, I think Jimmy G gives us the best opportunity to win. I don't know how many more times I have to say this, but it is definitely the win now mode. It does suck, though, that we're losing the development of Lance. But let's get into this game. Specifically, I want to focus on the running aspect because we went into this game not knowing who was going to be the lead back. We assumed Jeff Wilson was going to be the lead back. And it was a bit of a split between Jeff Wilson and TDP, Tyrion Davis-Price. But unfortunately, the injury to Tyrion Davis-Price forced us to go with Jeff Wilson at the lead back. And, you know, I was a bit shocked seeing Debo only got four carries. But I have a feeling the game plan changed when Jimmy G stepped in. And we all know how Debo performed last year as the wide receiver one for Jimmy G. So I wonder if that had anything to do with Debo getting less carries in this game. Possibly. And I think it, again, our, our running game is, I don't know, man, this is a different dude every time. I was really happy with what I saw from Davis Price. And then little did we know that he ends up spraining his ankle, which is just terrific. But I guess now we'll really get to see Jordan Mason this week. Marlon Mack will probably get a little bit of him too. I thought Jeff Wilson was fantastic. I think this is the first time that Jeff Wilson has really, truly looked like himself since the COVID season in 2020 when he broke out. Obviously, last year was coming off the meniscus injury. So, you know, rightfully so, he wasn't going to be himself. I thought he still played good, but it wasn't the Jeff Wilson that we know him to be. This was more like it. 18 carries, 84 yards. Shanahan said they were going to use the hot hand, and they did. He was the hot hand on this day. They're going to use Debo from time to time. Like, we know that. And they're, gonna, they're not going to use him all the time. Like, I know you, I think out of the two of us, you want, you want them to use Debo in the backfield a whole lot more. I'm more on the side where it's like, you just don't want to injure Debo. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to run him to a point where he's getting hurt because with the way that he plays. But use him at like four carries for 53 yards, I think it's perfect. Give him four well, to five carries, especially like we've talked about on previous episodes. Situationally is when you really want to use Debo. We, we don't really have anyone else to run with. That's the problem. Yeah, you're I not mean, wrong yeah, about you that. you want to use him situationally, but I get Jeff Wilson will probably be your lead back. You're going to use the hot hand. Jordan Mason's now your backup, who is your fourth string, maybe fifth string going into the season. And I you still think he's going to feast, to be honest with you. For sure. But you had to sign Marlon Mack back and elevate him from the practice squad because you needed another option there. But there really isn't any options that you trust in the backfield other than maybe Jeff Wilson Jr. and Debo Samuel. So, yeah, I get it. You don't want to rush uh, Debo so much and force injuries here and there, but you don't really have any other uh, option, especially when George Kittle gets back, hopefully this week. He, he did practice today, so that's a good sign for Niners fans. But when George Kittle's back 
and you have that extra option uh, in the receiving game because right now Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are the two go-to guys in the receiving game and there's no one else. But once Kittle's back there, that's when I think you see Debo Samuel in the backfield more because on the plays where they may fake it to Debo because everyone knows the ball is going to go to Debo, Ayuk and Kittle are options there. So I think a bit of the hesitancy from Kyle Shanahan is he doesn't have many options he trusts in the passing game. So it will be interesting to see in the running game this week against the Broncos, but I do expect Jeff Wilson Jr. to carry the majority, especially with TDP out now. So the, the backfield is really Jeff Wilson Jr., Jordan Mason, Marlon Mack, and Debo Samuel will fit in there. Oh, absolutely. And Chevy, let's be real. You could plug you or I back there and we'd, and we'd feast in this offense. Like at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter who's back. Like if there's one position I will never be worried about on this team, it's running back. It doesn't matter who the hell is back there. They're going to they're gonna do well. So I'm not overly concerned of like Jordan Mason's our fourth string, but dude's still a dog. You know what I'm saying? Marlon Mack, who resigned, was solid in Indianapolis. I'm not complaining. Like I think he's going to do great if, he, if his name is called upon. So that's the only thing. But obviously, yeah, you want to, we're down to, Real threats in the backfield, sure. You want to use Debo a little bit more, but we'll see how Shanahan uses him. And I think again, if he, if he uses him a little bit more, it's it's not gonna help. So we'll see what happens there. But no question, the game overall was was great. I thought the offense as a whole looked great. The defense was sensational all afternoon, getting into Geno Smith's face. They had a few drives here and there where the Seahawks were moving the ball, but then that interception down in the red zone was huge. And really, they didn't give a single offensive touchdown. The only touchdown Seattle scored was on a, a blocked field goal, and they took it back for six. So other than that, the Niners' defense basically pitched a shutout. It was a really great performance. The D-line looked great. The secondary was fantastic. Uh, your boy Tayshawn Gibson had a pick. And of course, courtesy of Talanoa Hafunga, had another fantastic outing for him. Defense looked great. Team looked great. But then more importantly, one penalty. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are 100% correct. The one penalty is definitely in a massive improvement from the 10 penalties the week before. And the defense, as you said, they, they looked phenomenal. I mean, they could be one of the best defenses in the league this year, if not the best. I think the biggest worry going into the start of the season was the safety position because, you know, Jimmy Ward was injured. You don't have Jaquaski Tart. And boy, Deshaun Gibson and Talanoa Hafunga look like one of the best safety combos in the league right now. Hafunga looks like one of the best safeties in the league, period, right now. And Gibson's been playing to a great standard. And yes, it was the safety duo that came up with that first interception. The tip from Hafunga and the catch from Gibson to get it going. And then Charvarius Ward, cornerback one. One of the least targeted cornerbacks in uh, football right now because of how good he is in coverage. And when he was targeted, he had that red zone pick, which was absolutely needed. So I, I am very happy with how this defense is looking. The D-line's looking great. The the transition we have in the D-line. Bosa with two sacks on Geno Smith. He's a dog. He's feasting. I really think it's going to be a special year for this defense. And that's funny because we saw them in 2019 absolutely dominate and really lead us to the championship so or to the Super Bowl. So 
I, again, the defense is not the worry at all. It is the offense. And I think with Jimmy G, you have a bit more consistency in there offensively. You will have the picks here and there. But Jimmy G provides that short game that he runs the game well. He's a great guy to coordinate the game back there from the quarterback position. So it really is just putting it all together on offense. I think defense, as long as they don't take penalties, will be one of the best defenses in the league this year. I think this, I mean, it's only two games in, so we'll see how it goes. But people have been hyping up this defense all offseason long as being one of the best. And I think it's at some point this season, we're going to see how good this defense can be. But maybe is it even better than it was in 2019? I think we're really going to find out because I'll tell you what, if we're trying to win a Super Bowl, I'm looking over at the AFC and I'm thinking, well, we better damn have a good defense because looking at a team like Buffalo, holy crap like I don't even like whoever the hell represents the NFC not saying it's going to be the Niners but whoever it is like you better hope that you got a defense that is disciplined and that's going to get stops because the Buffalo Bills are a freaking juggernaut and Mahomes is still Mahomes and the the AFC's got talent you know what I'm saying so our defense got to be that and then speaking of the AFC so we got the Denver Broncos on Sunday night and before I even get there, I do need to at least take a minute of this. Did it not just feel nice to beat Seattle for once? I gotta at oh. least take—I gotta at least take like you know a few seconds to at least to j- just say that. Like it—it it felt very nice, like for once in our life to fight. Like not even just beat them by three points, or you know what I mean? Because usually in the Shanahan era, the only times we've beaten Seattle have all come down to the wire. For once, it was nice to just destroy them and call it a day. Oh, yeah. It felt so nice to go in there and dominate that game, you know, and it was at home, too. It was a nice home opener and facing Seattle, you know, getting the crowd going. It was just everything you could ask for in the home opener against probably our biggest divisional rival in the Seahawks. So that could not have been a better win and a more dominant win. And actually, I had a bet uh, with uh, one of my bosses. You know, a friendly bed of candy because uh, she's a big Seahawks fan and I'm a big Niners fan. And it felt so nice going up to her after the game and being like, oh, well, you know, your Seahawks didn't look that great. She was not that happy with the, the results of the game. But as a Niners fan, it was just some sweet victory. And they stopped the run, too. I think there's only oh, yeah. Seattle only ran 36 yards rushing. For Seattle, they, they got destroyed with penalties as well. 10 penalties for over 106 yards. But then also, more importantly, this is 49ers football. Like, when you when you see a number like this come up on the box score and time of possession is 38 minutes to 21, now that is 49ers football. Ground and pound, clock, you know what I'm saying? Win time of possession, your defense is getting stops. Th- like, this was a very... 49ers kind of win like this is our identity we win with defense we run the football we win time of possession and call it a day that's what we do and we're gonna need to do that all season right because obviously we wanted Trey Lance to elevate this offense to another level which we saw that in the first two drives but now we're going back to Jimmy literally if Jimmy can just limit the penalties Shanahan can open the playbook more which honestly I like that a lot take the shots with Jimmy Prove people wrong because we've done it before. There's been some games where you push the ball down the field with Jimmy and we've done very well. I think we should do it more often. I really do. Be more aggressive. Pretend as if, obviously, 
take the one thing you obviously don't want to do is there's not going to be any more read options, not going to be any more pistol formations, no more of that with number 10 under center. But everything else in terms of taking more shots and pushing the ball down the field, why not just keep it? Honestly. Like, but we'll see what happens. And of course, getting George Kittle back this week would be massive for this team. They need it for sure. And then obviously we didn't even know with Trey and George, it probably would have take, took them a bit of time to gain some chemistry. Now you got Jimmy back. They have very good chemistry. So we'll see how that turns out. So Sunday night, Niners go to Denver. At first, when I think when we initially looked at this game, it was this is going to be a tough game for Trey Lance. Now, obviously, things are different. Now you got Jimmy going up there. And the last time, at least that I can recall, Jimmy went up to Denver. The dude had a zero passer rating in that preseason game. And everyone thought the sky was falling. And we ended up going to the Super Bowl that year. So what are your thoughts going into this game, Chevy? And although the Denver Broncos have not really looked great in their first two showings, but Russell Wilson, of course, we know is the 49ers killer. Yeah, I was going to say, heading into this game at the start of the season before we played, I thought this was going to be the biggest test, especially for Trey. But uh, heading into it now, the Broncos have not looked good. They've played probably two of the worst coached games I've seen in a while. Nathaniel Hackett looks like he has no idea what to do out there, which is to the benefit of the Niners this week. But yes, as you said, Russell Wilson for some reason, has the Niners numbers. Now, I do think looking at the team, we have the better defense. We have the better offense because of how they've been playing this year. They looked poor against uh, a somewhat strong Texans team. I'm not going to say they're strong because, you know, they, they have Davis Mills at the helm and their defense is probably one of the worst defenses I've seen. But, uh, you know, they've looked better this year. They're not the worst in their division. But the Broncos, they, they're definitely taking a step behind than everyone expected. And they're looking like that worst team in the loaded AFC West division. So I do think we have a better chance going into Sunday night football than I would have thought at the start of the season, especially with Jimmy G there. If we get Kittle back, I think the offense will get flowing. I think Kittle's Jimmy G's guy. He's always been. So if Kittle's healthy and Jimmy G's going, then the game should be good, especially with the defense. But the big thing about Jimmy G, he hadn't had the preseason to play. He wasn't even signed to a contract for majority of the preseason. He's barely had any reps. And I think you saw that a bit with his completion percentage, only going 13 for 21. So I think I look for a a little bit later in the year, a little bit later to start the season to see how Jimmy G really is, because I still think he's in that preseason mode. So this game will be a big test for him. And honestly, it should be a win, given how the Broncos have been playing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can make a case for that preseason, but I don't think so. I thought... I thought Jimmy came in and was fantastic considering the fact that he did not take part in training camp nor preseason at all. And even if he did play in preseason, it wouldn't have been that long anyways. Having said that, I think Jimmy coming in and and, and playing now with this offense, I I honestly think he'll be fine. Like, it's not that it's not like he didn't take part in preseason. I think it'll take him a few games to properly... Like, let's be real here, Chevy. Jimmy always starts off the year like pretty much every season i'd say the only time was maybe last season 
week one, we lit up the Lions. It was probably the only time. But, like, other than that before, it always kind of takes Jimmy a few games to kind of really get going. So, if he gets off to a bit of a slow start, it is what it is. But I, th- I, I thought I was thoroughly impressed with the way he just came in and we just score a touchdown on his first drive. I was like, now that's, like, what every team wishes could happen if the starting quarterback got hurt and he was able to go in and do that. So... We'll see what happens on Saturday. As for the Broncos, like, I still think this is, again, this is a good team. And, you know, if Kwan Williams and DJ Jones are playing in this game, you know they know every single thing about this offense. So I'm assuming Denver will definitely give us more of a run for our money than I think some people may think. And it's a home game for Denver, and it's in prime time. The mile has not an easy place to play. It'll be a tough game, but I think if the Niners are able to limit the turnovers win time of possession and keep the ball away from Russell Wilson, I think they'll be fine. But also I think our I think our D line's gonna eat up Russell Wilson. I do. I don't think this is gonna be one of his typical games. He's probably gonna make those same few throws where Russell's Russell, but that's what everyone's kind of been saying about the Broncos first two games is that Russell hasn't been Russell. Like he's been more of a pocket passer. He's not making something out of nothing. He's kind of just sitting around there trying to make a play and defenses are getting to him. Like if the, if the Texans defense could get to him, I think our D line is going to have a night. Yeah, I agree. I think the D line can feast. I mean, we've seen Bosa feast. We've seen Ebucom be uh, feast. Uh, Armstead and Kinlaw have looked really good. And, you know, that's the thing about this D line. I love how they rotate the D line. It keeps them fresh. It, you know, it limits the injury potential and it's really been helping succeed the defense. Now, the big thing to watch out for for Denver, there's two guys I circle on offense, Cortland Sutton and Javante Williams. Cortland Sutton specifically because of the Jerry Judy injury. You know, I feel like he was the number one target, but now even more, he is that only target for Russell Wilson. Uh, Albert O has not done well at the tight end for Denver, and Sutton's really been their guy. So I would love to see Charvarius Ward take that matchup, take that one-on-one, and hopefully win that matchup. But the other guy, Javante Williams, they've been splitting carries between Williams and Melvin Gordon, but Javante Williams has looked like the clear the clear-cut number one back there. And he's had a lot of good carries. You know, he on the season, he has 118 yards on only 22 carries. Uh, so I, I really think we've struggled a bit against the run game in previous seasons. Uh, I do think we have a much improved run defense this year. But Javante Williams is the guy that is giving me a little bit of hesitancy going into the week because I think that's something they're going to try to exploit for the Niners. Oh, yeah, Javante's a, a beast. I mean, if we're able to stop the run game, that's huge. But Javante's not only good in the run game, but he's good in the pass game, too. So no question. I think he's definitely one of the dudes we got to worry about. Cortland Sutton's another one for sure. But like Denver, again, they have a lot of talent. They just haven't been able to put it together. And I wouldn't be surprised if they end up doing it against us just because, again, Russ, for some random reason, always does good against us now. This is his first game playing against us, not in a Seahawk uniform. So we'll see how that kind of pans out there. But I, I do think our defense has the edge in this one, and I think we'll be able to get to them. But either way, it'll be a tough game. And I don't know if um, Patrick Sertan, he's questionable going into this game too. So that's yep. that's a plus for us as well. So we'll see what happens. We will see what happens here in, in um, 
we'll see if the Niners can go up and, and get the job done in Denver on Sunday night. But going back to the to the Seattle game too, though, like I thought our defense was phenomenal in that game from beginning to end. And to win a game at home in our division too, I think was huge. Like you don't want to undercut. I know the Rams ended up getting a win, but they barely beat Atlanta. Arizona should have lost to the Raiders, to be <laughs> honest. They came back to the Raiders of the Raiders and typical blowing leads late in the game. That's that's how it goes. But when you look at our division, I still think when you look at it right now, the Niners have a chance here. If they can go in and they can beat Denver, they got the Rams on Monday night. You could put yourself in a real good position. Somebody's going to lose between the Rams and the Cardinals on Sunday because they play each other in Arizona. So somebody's going to lose there. I don't know. The NFC West, this is the first time I think I can confidently say in a long time that the NFC West is pretty open. Yeah, it is definitely wide open. Uh, I do think the Seattle Seahawks have the worst chance of winning it. I mean, if Geno Smith somehow turns into that guy, they could get slide into a position. But I think it is a three-horse uh, three race between the Rams, the Cardinals, and the 49ers. And with Jimmy G back, I think the Niners have a better chance over all those teams. You know, Trey Lance did give me a little bit of worries, especially with the first game against the Bears, a good opponent. But I, we it was only one game in poor condition, so we couldn't really tell. But with Jimmy G at the hell, I think the, at the helm, the Niners, I think, have the best chance right now of winning that division. Uh, and it's going to be a battle to the end. We have our, a lot of uh, division matchups coming up, especially the Rams uh, at home, uh, 8-15 Monday night football. That's going to be an exciting game to watch and a real statement game of who is the te- who is the leader in this division, in this uh, race. The Cardinals, they looked poor against the uh, Chiefs in week one. And week two, they looked very poor going into the fourth quarter before we saw some Kyler Murray evasion mag- magic that uh, saw them get to overtime and uh, the Byron Murphy fumble uh, recovery touchdown for the overtime win. So next week against the Rams will be the big uh, tone setter for this year and the division. So uh, that's something to definitely look forward to. And of course, other than the Niners playing the Broncos this Sunday, we have the Rams facing the Cardinals. So that's another way we'll see how the division will go. If the Rams, you know, go out there and destroy the Cardinals and then we go out there and destroy the Rams, obviously things could happen, but it does look very good for our chances to win the division. Oh, absolutely. No question. And the, and the division is, is always going to be competitive, but I think a lot of people are definitely seeing it that I think the Niners can be the best team in this division. And especially now that Garoppolo is back at quarterback, because when Trey was there again, there's that unknown. That unknown, it's like, man, I don't know how else to explain it, but like, it's just like, it's that one like surprise that you really want to know what it is, but then you can't figure out what it is. And then it just keeps getting delayed. Like, I just, I can't like, oh my Lord. It's, it's like, it's like it's the beginning of December and you're trying to open that Christmas gift that you see that's under the tree and it's just like a long wait and it's just prolonged. And then like some like COVID s- shit happens and then it gets moved over and then it's like prolonged even longer to open that gift. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like that gift is Trey Lance. It is literally Trey Lance. Like we just we don't know what it is. 
and that's the thing that's that's just bothers us. And again, when it comes down to an injury like that, it's 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 a very unfortunate situation what happened to Trey. But you know, well wishes to him, and we can only hope that he comes back better than ever next year. And I think the only thing that I can give to Niner fans is that if Dak Prescott can do it, I believe Trey can do it. And another thing that to mention. Trey Lance, you know, he had the surgery. They're going to make sure he's rehabbing and stuff like that. But he's rehabbing in the San Francisco 49ers facility. He's ta- he's making sure – Shanahan's making sure he's part of all the quarterback meetings, all of the team meetings. He is going to be with the team this season. Whether he's playing or not, uh, you know, it does uh, impact him. But he's still going to be learning. He's still going to be with that team because he, as he said, this is just a roadblock in his journey. This is just the chapter uh, in the story. So while it's unfortunate, I don't. I think he has the perfect mindset to come back and uh, you know destroy everyone that thought he that counted him out. So it's definitely something we're going to have to keep an eye on in a narrative going into next season. But as of now, it's Jimmy G's team. No question. And I and I honestly do feel like it's for this season in particular. I just have a different feeling about it, and I hate that. I really truly hate that I had all off season to rally behind Trey, get him. You know, in my mind that this is this is the dude right now. He's we're gonna have to get behind him. We're gonna have to see what happens. But I can just I can get a sense, man, that this team. They didn't want that to happen. They didn't want to waste this season, and they couldn't say no to Shanahan. And let's be real, Lynch and Shanahan couldn't say otherwise to themselves. Because, like, we committed to Trey. We traded three first-round picks. We don't have a choice but to do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they wanted to do it, and it was working fine until this injury happened, and now Jimmy's back all over again. Again, weird situation beyond, like, Anything I've ever seen, I've never really seen a situation. I think I said it on last week's episode or the week before how the only situation I can think of that's been remotely close to this was Philadelphia's with Foles and Wentz. That's the only one that kind of comes to mind that's been a situation like this. But this one I still think is even more. It's definitely more unique because this is uh, the starting quarterback for the last four years now becoming the backup quarterback to a guy who's a young guy with a lot of talent, but a lot of unknown. Whereas Jimmy G's that you know what you're getting with Jimmy G and it works. So uh, I do think that it is a bit of a different situation. I don't think we've ever seen this situation before. So it will be exciting to follow the situation. Ken's just got to stay healthy. I mean, here we are sitting here talking about Trey going down. Oh, we have begun, but we don't exactly have a backup plan to the backup plan. Brock Purdy. So, Jimmy and this this offensive line has got to make sure they're protecting and getting George Kittle back will be huge. And they got to make sure they're protecting Jimmy Garoppolo because as long as Jimmy's under the, is there under center, we have a chance to win any game that we play. And I truly believe that. I believe that for a long time and I believe it now. And here we go. One last season, man. It's it, last year. We thought it was it super bowler bust with Jimmy under center. We're going to move things over to Trey. And then all of a sudden, we got one more shot with Jimmy under center, Super Bowl or bus season. Weird. Weird how it works, but like the man himself, Garoppolo says, sometimes things have a, a weird way of, of working out. And it and it worked out for Garoppolo in a very sick way. 
with Trey going down, I don't think that's the way any of us would have predicted this happen. I don't think that's the way any of us would have wanted this situation to happen like that. Um, but it, it it unfortunately did, and here we are. And I don't know, man. It's going to be something. And then the way that I look at it now, when I look at the schedule, again, if Jimmy is there under center and he stays healthy, we get a true rematch next week, Monday night at Levi's against the, against the Rams. Week 7, we get a true rematch of the Super Bowl against Kansas City. And then week 14, just maybe, I may finally get my Tom Brady-Jimmy Garoppolo matchup. <laughs> Yeah, that would be something to watch, man. Might be something, but we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens if the Niners, they got the best of Seattle finally. Can they finally get the best of Russell Wilson on Sunday night? Chevy, you got any predictions before we end this one off? Yeah, I think it's going to be a bit more of a low-scoring low game. I think the defenses are going to play a big factor in both teams. Uh, I'm going to go with the Niners slightly, get the edge over this off of uh, Debo Samuel coming out of the backfield and getting us a couple touchdowns. Jeez, really, Debo goes off. I think the Niners end up getting, the, I think, 85 comes back and has a nice day. I think he gets a touchdown and a score. Him and Garoppolo connect there. Our defense shuts it down. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to the wire, as it always does when it's Russell Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo in particular, when it's these two guys going at it. Um, the last two times that they've both been healthy against each other was week. Actually, yeah, really. The two games against 2019 were ridiculous. And then the week 13 game last year in Seattle was ridiculous. Came down to the last play of the game. So you already know anytime Garoppolo against Russell Wilson, the game's going to be some sort of some sort of craziness is going to go on there. So we'll see what happens if the Niners can get the job done. I hope so, because being two and one's a whole lot different than being one and two. So we'll see if the Niners are able to take advantage and take care of the Denver Broncos on Sunday night. So that'll do it from this week's episode of the 49 Away podcast. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis and enjoy the game Sunday night. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 49 Away Podcast. We got a lot more Niners content coming your way, so make sure to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news and analysis.